a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hey, this is Bryant Arnold, also known as Dragon from Skinwalker Ranch, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. As always, my name is Andy, and I'm very pleased to have this guest on for what is going to be the one-year anniversary of the podcast. I've had a lot of really cool names on in that time, and all of you listening or watching on YouTube now have made guests like this possible. I'd like to welcome the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, Brandon Fugel. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's good to be with you. Thank you, and happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday indeed. Um, thank you very much for joining us. And it's great to have a name like yourself on. And the timing is just fantastic. Um, my, I was just telling one of the producers from uh, History who's on the call with us that my wife is due to give birth on the same day Skinwalker ran season two premieres. So it's uh, all kind of ties in quite nicely date-wise as well. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. I want to talk about some of the background that's led us to The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch season two. Brandon, season one introduced us to the ranch in a more intimate way than ever before. We got to know the people who live and breathe the experience daily. What was your vision for season one as you started to develop the idea and did it turn out how you hoped? Yeah, season one was was an incredible experience for all of us. And I think it was an unprecedented television experience to to show the public behind the scenes for the first time you know, the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet, you know, for a property that had been in lockdown mode, that had been secure for over 20 years uh, for purposes of scientific research, dealing with the paranormal, for that property to be opened up for television cameras for the first time, you know, and, and filming my team and their efforts in the scientific investigation on an hourly basis was was something i think very special and and i think it was uh, it was a unique opportunity to engage the public and to show for the first time uh very visually what the what the ranch looks like you know what what do the old haunting homesteads uh that uh, that lie on the property look like and you know what what was it like for the team you know to be able to to, to follow Dr. Travis Taylor for the first time entering the property and seeing through his eyes, you know, the, the incredible striking landscape that, uh, that has, has captured so much interest and attention over decades was, was a unique opportunity for all of us. And, and to do it in, a, in an unscripted way, I think it's important to note that, you know, this is real. It is 100% true fact and you know not one of the participants with the exception of dr taylor had ever been on television ever really had the intention of being involved with any type of television effort or media and so it was it was a new experience for all of us including myself to uh to allow you know cameras and to allow for the first time you know the story to be told regarding the ongoing investigation at Skinwalker Ranch. Now, I'd like to touch on that story you mentioned. So Ryan Sprague of Somewhere in the Skies had a great interview with you just a couple of weeks ago now. I would encourage people to go and listen to that. He'd done a great intro package, which he sets things up wonderfully and discusses the background of the ranch with the Shermans, Bob Bigelow and even more. Now, that's been done, and I would encourage people, if they want to hear that detail, to go and listen to that interview. But could you just summarize, Brandon, how you did come to be involved with Skinwalker Ranch? You bet. You know, I acquired the property in 2016 from uh, elusive aerospace billionaire Robert Bigelow, uh, Bigelow Aerospace, uh, after really being introduced to the property through some scientific advisors that I had worked with a decade ago. 
on a uh, research project in Utah. Those advisors that unbeknownst to me had been science advisors to Mr. Bigelow reached out to me in 2015 with the potential opportunity to engage, to meet Mr. Bigelow and discuss a potential joint venture or acquisition that would open a new chapter in the investigation and really pass the stewardship from Mr. Bigelow to, to someone else, to, to in this case, of course, to me, in order to continue the research and advance the, uh, the project that had been funded by not only Mr. Bigelow, but the United States government and the Defense Department for, for decades. You know, to take, take a, a very unique, secure piece of property that had been the center of gravity for a Pentagon-funded you know, black budget program was a unique opportunity for me, but I did buy it as a skeptic. I bought it as a as someone who had not seen a UFO or a ghost or an orb and was approaching the uh, the property as someone who believed that there was most likely a natural prosaic explanation for what had been reported there. So, you know, with that uh, as the understanding, I I closed on the property escorted Bigelow security off the property and brought in my own security detail led by Dragon uh, that you see on the, the the television series and a team of scientists, a, a multidisciplinary group of professionals that uh, that would bring, I think, you know, a, a new focus and energy to the to the site and to the investigation and to, and to have this unfold in real time for the general public to see has been it's it has been a very exciting um, opportunity now you seem to have surrounded yourself with family and close friends on the ranch your brother we see as a pilot on the show and uh, a few episodes in season one and, and in season two uh, brian arnold is a childhood friend i spoke to dragon on the podcast now last year and he spoke glowingly of you and you know just how honest and genuine you are which of course he would as a friend but it, it, it was really nice and same as thomas winterton as well dr lee uh, you brought on in season two who is a specialist in radiation he has a much fancier title than that but i'm just going to say specialist in radiation for the listeners uh, and yeah. you've mentioned he is a close friend of yours as well why is it important that you've got so many close friends and family surrounding you on this venture yeah, good question. You know, I, 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 by design, I pulled together a closely held group of of individuals that I could trust, that had no hidden agendas, that would preserve the integrity of the research, and frankly, um, help us protect the uh, the integrity of the ranch and the investigation. You know, Doctor Christopher Lee who we brought on and, and feature in season two to be unveiled this next week is a world renowned radiation oncologist. He is, he's really at the top of his field when it comes to medical research and, you know, where we have seen a number of our team members end up in the hospital with serious illnesses, with, with serious injuries that continue to be unexplained and mysterious we felt it was important to bring a higher level of attention to the health and safety protocols on the ranch. Um, you know, it, I, I also, in bringing these close confidants together, I wanted to bring people that, that came from different backgrounds and different areas of expertise. You know, Jim Morse, who is a ranch manager there, has known me since I was 18 years old. He was my first big commercial real estate development client. Yeah, when I was uh, 18 years old, I jumped into the commercial real estate uh, business and focused on leasing and selling Class A office developments. And Jim Morse at the time was uh, was was breaking ground on a signature Class A office park, and and through that experience of of being engaged with him, we we really developed a a close relationship that endures to this day, and. The thing that he brought to the table was was a a genuine love for the Native American cultures, the people, the indigenous people, and a track record of raising millions of dollars for Indian scholarships, for uh, you know American Indian services, 
and 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 really working closely with the tribes to help them with economic development and other efforts. I, I feel that community engagement has been a big part of our stewardship of this property and really advancing uh, the objectives that that we really set out from the very beginning. But you're right. You know, I pulled together a closely held group of people simply because I, I wanted to preserve the integrity of the investigation and bring a, a new level of focus and intensity to it. I didn't bring these people together for a television series. I brought these people together uh, to, to, to really launch this stage of the ranch investigation, you know, five years ago in service to the truth in service to discovery and, and determining whether there really was any reality and truth to the claims that go back decades, if not millennia, regarding the high strangeness and paranormal activity on this property. I want to talk a little bit of high strangeness, and we're going to talk a lot of high strangeness given the context of the interview, but those those relationships that you talk about are, are never more apparent than when there's a heightened sense of danger, when we look at, you know, bad things happen when you dig, was the name of one <laughs> of the episodes, and we've already seen, uh, I've been very fortunate to see the first two episodes um, through History and a and Network, so thank you to them, and it's, it's really great, and I won't give anything away. However, there there is again talk of digging, and that always brings up uh, Thomas Winterton's injury that happened some time ago. Now, my co-host, Dan, who you met just before we started recording, noticed in season one, there's a map on the wall of the HQ, and there were three points triangulated. One was the ranch, one was Havana, Cuba, and I believe the other one was uh, Gengzhou in China. And these are reportedly points where other people have picked up injuries similar to Travis, uh, sorry, Thomas Winterton, and that's something Travis Taylor recently confirmed in an interview as well. So one State Department-sponsored study has reported these were likely the result of microwave energy attacks. Now, this was reported by CNN yesterday, and the debrief media outlet have reported on this as well today. Have you seen much on that, and is that something you want to comment a bit more on? We, we've studied you know, potential correlations and connections with, with other um, incidents globally, you know, in trying to assign cause and understand some of what has been observed, we, of course, take a, a very broad look. Um, I'm not really at liberty to discuss the, uh, the details associated with what the Defense Department has been studying with those other locations. But I will say this, I, I think the deeper that people dig, the more mysterious and the more unexplained the, uh, the injuries and incidents appear, uh, you know, assigning conventional cause and being able to come up with, uh, with, with, with an explanation that is clear and straightforward continues to evade. I think even the, the, the highest level, um, you know, people involved with, with those investigations. So, you know, we we see Skinwalker Ranch as unique as a unique center of gravity for, you know, unusual phenomena, but we're not ignorant to the fact that there are other places potentially on the planet that may have similar, um, similar incidents and uh, events that attend those properties. Uh, Trying to, 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 I think, discover what correlations may exist and what, uh, you know, what common characteristics or common signatures attend the phenomena is a key part of our investigation. It's almost like you read my next question. I was going to ask about potentially other locations like Skinwalker Ranch. Have you ever heard from any other potential owners of sites like Skinwalker Ranch or the Uinta Basin? Or have you ever reached out to them or have they reached out to you? Yeah, we have. You know, we, uh, we have a relationship with a neighboring property that uh, that that we believe you know can help us expand the scope of the investigation that has also reported unusual activity it's it's very close by there are other properties that uh, that have tried to exploit frankly the the attention given to skinwalker ranch and have tried to draw some type of connection or commonality and i think that that in a lot of cases it how do i say this 
kindly, uh, you know, there's a lack of real evidence or scientific proof or rigor that has been brought to some of the other claims or the other um, the other sites. Uh, I I find that this the more that the more time goes by, I find that Skinwalker Ranch really is unique. That in a lot of ways, uh, for whatever reason, it really is a a unique center of gravity for the phenomena, and it is it is very difficult to find another property that that is. Um, that is experiencing the same frequency of activity. And I don't say that to sensationalize or to, to try to prop up the importance of our investigation. I just say that matter of fact, show me another effort globally, show me another property, another effort, another multidisciplinary team utilizing resources in service to this, this topic. And, you know, I, I don't think it exists. I think that Skinwalker Ranch right now is is arguably the most important science project of our time. And that's not the first time I've, I've heard you say that, and I would agree. Why for you and your five years of stewardship, you've called it now, of, of the ranch, what makes it so unique? What is there anything you yourself have managed to put your finger on and say it's the place, it's the area, it's the people? Or... It's the diversity. I, I think, you know, First and foremost, you know, the property has been in lockdown mode, has been completely secure for now going on 25 years. So to have a piece of property that is a, a secure environment uh, that's, that has been under scientific study and research and, and, and has been monitored consistently for that period of time is unique. But also, I... I think it is important to note that uh, that the diversity of phenomena that continues to persist on this property is 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 exciting and and it's somewhat troubling because it's difficult to to be able to 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 identify the the origin or the agenda associated with the high strangeness that we are that we are observing and re- and recording. Uh, people ask me all of the time whether whether I believe that we whether whether I believe that we are seeing extraterrestrial or uh, you know visitation from other worlds or whether we're seeing you know interdimensional phenomena or whether we're seeing spiritual phenomena you know angels and demons and skinwalkers and the answer I think is all of the above you know the evidence speaks to the fact that we're, we're not really seeing any one assignable cause or type of phenomena. It is a diversity. And I think there, there, is, uh, there is evidence that points to the fact that we are experiencing all of those potentially on the ranch. Given your background in real estate, you must have walked into thousands of properties for the first time to survey, have a look around. None more unique, I'm sure, than Skinwalker Ranch itself. The first time you stepped foot on the ranch, what was it like? And I imagine when someone buys a new home or a new office, they spend a few minutes themselves just surveying it, talking to themselves, talking to the property, just imagining things. Did you ever have that personal moment? in the early days where you went out onto the ranch at night or during the day yourself and just spoke to whatever may or may not be around? Yeah, good question. At first sight of the property, I can honestly say I was speechless. My first my first tour of the property was coming in via helicopter, via my private helicopter. And I I came with Jim Morse at my side to inspect the property just days before closing on it with Mr. Bigelow. As we came in to the Uinta Basin and came up on the property and circled the property several times, I found that it was breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, The diversity of the landscape, the, the strikingly beautiful backdrop with the Mesa Plateau that runs the entire expanse of the property with cave systems, the, the old, you know, pioneer homesteads, the, the waterways that run through the property, um, it, you know, it, it really is unparalleled in its beauty and its diversity. You could shoot an entire television series like Westworld or a John Wayne 
you know, cowboy Western movie on this property because it, 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 it features such incredible landscapes. And that is what one thing that I was completely unprepared for when I first inspected the property was the beauty of the property and, and how interesting and even intriguing the landscape is, uh, you know, for the first number of months of, you know, my ownership and stewardship of the property, you know, I couldn't get over the fact that it was just so beautiful. And I, I didn't find it haunting or troubling. I didn't find it uh, to be unusual other than, uh, you know, unusual in that it, it presented a very stunning backdrop for this investigation. Uh, but of course, as time went on and as months continued, uh, we started seeing things. We started observing things. We started recording strange phenomena to, that to this day remains unexplained. Now, George Knapp recently commented, and I'm going to quote this. This is a direct quote from George Knapp. There were multiple attempts at communication during the Bigelow era, putting out certain objects and games to invite a response. It worked twice. Not sure if Brandon's team has tried this yet, but a lot. I have a lot of confidence in the work they are doing. Are you aware? Are you aware of those attempts at communication, and have your team tried any themselves? Uh, you know, I, I think it has been publicly disclosed that the Bigelow team, the participants during that era, uh, you know, performed you know experiments in an that were unusual. That at times you know were an attempt to communicate or spark communication with the entities involved with the the phenomena. You know, it is often stated that what is being observed at Skinwalker Ranch involves some type of precognitive sentient intelligence, and I think they they were focused after years on just communicating with whatever those entities may be. We, we've taken a very different approach. Uh, we, we've taken a more scientific approach and frankly, a, a, you know, one that is grounded in observational science, first and foremost, um, and, and have not delved into, I think, some of the more um, controversial uh, methods of, uh, of investigation. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not open-minded. That doesn't mean that we aren't inviting people you know, to the property to to bring different perspectives, different approaches to the problem set, but uh, they they took a very creative approach at times to to really addressing the phenomena that we have yet to really uh, employ. Now, let me ask you: you talk about that use the word summoning, and that has a lot of different connotations, and something that has been discussed quite recently, and as we talk. Another article was dropped by the New York Post regarding uh, some comments from Lou Elizondo and people, again, within the, the, the halls of government in the United States that see this phenomenon as being, you know, demonic, potentially, which, again, has a whole range of connotations. And you're obviously a, a man of faith as well. That's been well publicized and something you, you've talked about. Is that something that would put you or others working on the ranch off, given your, your strong faith? that you wouldn't want to necessarily attempt that sort of communication or is it the, the danger element that may or may not be involved? Good question. Uh, we're dealing with phenomena that is, that is dangerous. We, we believe that we're, we're dealing with both malevolent and benevolent entities based on, the experiences and the evidence collected. And I think approaching the ranch with a degree of reverence and humility is important to, to maintaining not only the safety of those involved, but also being able to discover the truth of what is, what is happening here. Um, you know, there's much said about the fact that, you know, participants in the investigation in the past have had things follow them home. They've had phenomena that have traveled with them back to their place of residence and terrorized their families in some cases. There are a number of military operatives and former, science, you know, former scientific consultants that refuse to ever set foot on this property ever again. 
for the rest of their lives simply because they they believe that disturbing events have followed them as a result of their engagement with the property. I take those claims, I take those those uh, those statements very seriously. And so we, we're very careful about what we introduce to the ranch. We're very careful with the investigative protocols that we're putting into place and really the nature of the experiments that we're, we're bringing to the table and frankly unveiling to the general public. You know, it's, it's not just, you know, instrumented rockets and balloons and ground penetrating radar studies, but it's, it's also bringing in other experts that can help us better understand potentially what is at play. What is at work here at Skinwalker Ranch that will help us advance the investigation? And I think being very careful not to invite or to provoke potentially negative phenomena um, is is something that we we are sensitive to. I've got one more question I want to ask before I get to talking about season two of The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Now, you, like we said, you're a man of faith and uh, you've commented on previous recent interviews that your experiences with Skinwalker Ranch have only reaffirmed and made your faith stronger. What are your thoughts on how other religions could potentially integrate any form of disclosure or goings on into their faiths going forward? Do you see that being a potential issue as and when information does come out? Good question. You know, people ask me all of the time whether what what I have been experiencing and and conducting at the ranch, you know, conflicts with my faith, with uh, with my religious upbringing. And the honest answer is that I, I, I was raised to believe that there are worlds without number and that we're not alone in the universe. And I believe that that what we're observing at Skinwalker Ranch is actually faith affirming and faith promoting in a lot of ways. The, you know, the idea that that not only um, you know we may be visited, but also that there are other dimensions of reality just as real that sit just beyond our perception, but uh, that may be interacting with us. I think uh, I think is it's it it's exciting, it's thought provoking. And it calls into question the very nature of our existence on this planet. I mean, where did we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? Those time, you know, those time-honored questions that have been asked by by people, you know, for thousands of years. I think, to a degree, may be answered through our investigation and what we are uh, what we are delving into at Skinwalker Ranch. Given the previous uh, involvement with the U.S. government during the Bigelow era, do you feel there are any repercussions or consequences of the upcoming UAP task force report potentially coming out? There obviously a lot of talk it may be delayed. Could that affect the investigation or could that have any bearing on what happens going forward for you? No, we're operating independently. You know, I by design, I've kept this as a private uh, effort, you know, I do not hold any security clearances. We are not engaged with, you know, the government uh, or any, you know, public interests relative to the investigation. I, I, I applaud and support any efforts for disclosure, for you know, informing the public relative to to what is going on and really the nature of of our world and our reality, but. You know, we we're on our own path and conducting a very dynamic research study that I believe is uh, is focused on results and is focused on getting to the bottom of 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 answering these questions. And I don't know that uh, that that government channels are going to be in a position to either shed light on those on those topics at least to the degree uh, that that would satisfy concerns. Um, I, I think our private sector approach is unique and uniquely qualified to bring truth forward and to, I think, reveal uh, the nature of, of really the phenomena and, you know, the, the, the core claims associated with these topics. 
Now, season two, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, that's what yeah, you're here to talk about as well. And I loved the first two episodes. I was a big fan of the first series. Uh, this podcast was in its very early days. And yeah. myself and my co-host, Dan, uh, we done a watch along of every episode and we commented and talked about it. And we'll be bringing that back for the new series, but in a review format rather than watching along. Now, it premieres on the 4th of May in the US on History at 10 or 9 p.m. Central. Like I said, I was really fortunate to see the first two episodes of season two, and it gets right into things. There's no messing about. There's no slow build. It's straight yeah. into that high-level scientific investigation. Yeah, we don't screw around. Um, and and we are very fortunate to see immediate activity and results. And, and none of this is contrived. There is nothing faked, nothing contrived. It is it, it is 100% authentic and true. You know, and, and that... that continues uh, to be the uh, the number one priority associated with this investigative series. Present the truth um, and, and frankly, you know, inform the public relative to what we are doing, what, what we are experiencing with our investigation. I mean, I, I look at, you know, what we are about ready to unveil in season two, and it feels like Christmas Eve. It, it feels like um, you know, you know, we're we're at a pivotal moment to be able to to unveil a lot of new, not only experiments but also the result of uh, you know advancing the investigation that that we saw this past year. Again, I you've you probably you probably heard me state that I, I believe we revealed more in the first twenty minutes of our first episode. Um, of of really kicking off this series than than I'd seen in twenty years relative to these topics in the in the public domain, and we look forward to to continuing to inform the public and really you know letting everyone have a front row seat to to what we are experiencing out there. It it's a you know a lot of it you know science isn't always exciting. You know you're not going to have strange things happen at all times. Um, you can't. You can't schedule or program the paranormal or high strangeness. You just have to you just have to go about your business in a very honest, authentic way and just let let things happen as they happen. And I think that what you see with the team is a uh, is 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 a very unprecedented effort to to reveal the day to day activities and experiences on this uh, this very unique piece of property. Now, I'm keeping this spoiler free for people, obviously. And earlier on, you mentioned waterways, and that plays a part in one of the first episodes. I had to explain to my wife why what they were doing was relevant. And you make a really good point that you are filming an ongoing scientific investigation. The same reason people can't just walk onto the ranch, the same reason there's security fences up for both the ranch and people's personal protection. Now, portals is a word that was used easy for me to say in a scottish accent um in the explosive trailer for the series now that's quite an eyebrow raiser when you hear portals are opening up can you give us a little bit of an indication as to what work or experiences may have gone on to do with that you bet you know if you look back on the history of the property you know under the bigelow uh era the bigelow team's investigation, they had eyewitness accounts of portals opening up in the sky or opening up right above the homesteads, you know, specifically over Homestead 2 and Homestead 3, where, you know, various phenomena would come in and out of those portals um, on the property. And, you know, one thing that we've tried to do is, is, is investigate whether whether there is some truth to those claims and whether there are portals on this property and what, what evidence may exist or what environmental conditions may exist that allow for that type of phenomena to exist on the property. And so we, we bring um, a higher level of, of, of equipment and instrumentation to, to this season two effort in service to really delving into whether there really are um, strange things occurring environmentally that would point to portal activity on the property. You mentioned various phenomena, and it's, it's got me thinking that people always talk UFOs, aliens, ghosts, orbs, um, dire werewolf-type creatures. 
Is there anything that just isn't mentioned but you're aware of, but people just don't talk about? Have I left something off of that list? Well, there are orbs, you know, what what appear to be intelligently controlled orbs that that appear on the property that have been reported for for decades. Um, I think you know the cattle mutilation phenomena has been real. You know the the fact that animals um, have been impacted. I mean, in season one, we had a cow die. Uh, we believe you know suspiciously. I mean, it, you know, to take a perfectly healthy calf and within a a very short abbreviated period of time to see it die from stress induced pneumonia. <laughs> And 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 the events surrounding that death to be very very um, mysterious. I mean, the electromagnetic anomalies. When you have both iPhone and Samsung Galaxy devices that are acting strangely, and then all of the instrumentation um, reacting to something that uh, was definitely unusual going on, and then to pull up the camera surveillance and to see an object that appeared in the sky right above that animal as it was dying. Um, it's, it's, it is some of the most disturbing and intriguing activity that has ever been captured on camera and witnessed on this property. I mean, going back decades, the Sherman family, the previous owners before Bigelow had, you know, many of their prized cattle, end up mutilated with surgical precision in broad daylight, drained of their blood, no blood on or around these animals, yet surgically dissected within, uh, within minutes and, and no conventional explanation. But, but to see, you know, indentations, depressions in the fields, of something, some type of craft or object that 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 apparently attended some of these events, potentially, just adds to the mystery. You know, I think you know. It, it's do you we, have? Sorry, yeah, I need keep going. Going. no, keep going. Any questions? No, I just wanted to ask: Do you have a favorite moment? Yeah, of, of the second season. Do you have like a favorite moment that you can talk about? Ooh, that I can speak about. Um, Wow. Well, I, it, it, there are so many things that happened during season two, um, during filming this past year with the team. You know, one thing that we, that we did that, uh, that I, I was not willing to do during the filming of season one was, uh, we put into service the helicopter and utilizing the helicopter for a part of the investigation. And what we witnessed was stunning. Uh, I can't say anything more, but, uh, you know, the trailers, the, the previews to season two, you catch glimpses of what we do, everything from more aggressive digging and exploration on the property to utilizing laser technology in new innovative ways to investigate the phenomena to also using our aviation assets in service to exploring what lies above the ranch as we are also investigating what may lie below the ranch is, is really key to elevating the nature of our investigation and it sets us apart from anything else going on on the planet. Now, I've got a couple of listener questions for you just to finish off, but could I ask before we get to those, if you could sum up in just a few sentences, what is going on at Skinwalker Ranch? How might that sound? Well, in summary, Skinwalker Ranch continues to be the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet. This 512-acre piece of property is part of an active ongoing scientific investigation that continues 24-7, 365 days a year. We have engaged experts, everyone from an on-site 
credentialed anthropologist full-time to physicists with credentials and expertise that, that bring a level of focus and scientific rigor that is unparalleled to this investigation and to these topics. And we look forward to answering many of these questions that have been posed for thousands of years relative to the nature of our existence and the nature of our world, hopefully on this property. It is quite literally a living laboratory in service to studying the phenomena. Now, I got a lot of questions sent in for you, of which many I'll have to keep for another time, Brandon, but I've got a few just to put to you. Um, Stephen, yeah, Stephen wanted to know, would you be doing another live feed like you've done previously with the webcams directly onto the ranch? Yeah, good question. We, we in partnership with Newsweek, or no, it wasn't Newsweek. It was in partnership with Reddit this last year, had a live stream. I think it was a 24-hour live stream, live stream where the public really saw through, you know, many of our surveillance cameras, what we were monitoring on the ranch and were, were given a sneak peek at, at really the day-to-day activity on the property. I'm not sure if that is set up, if that has been coordinated for uh, this coming week with the team. I mean, these things take a level of coordination in order to live stream and, and really in order to access our proprietary systems We've established a scientific platform there on site in the command center that is unique and opening that up for a live stream and for public access or at least viewing is something that that requires a little bit of coordination. I am more than willing to to do so again. And if, if not this coming week, we we look forward to to having that be a part of future engagement with the public. So we're, we're looking into it, uh, but I'm not sure whether we're doing that at, in connection with uh, season two launch as of yet. Uh, David Lorimer asked, has the team in their investigations detected any powerful radio frequencies or X-band radar emissions whilst at the ranch? Yes, all the time. But it's transient. It's unpredictable. And it moves to different positions on the property. Uh even though we see repeated occurrences and and we've been collecting data on those events on a regular basis, it is completely unpredictable and transient. Stay tuned. Interesting answer. Uh, this next question I, I had to read four or five times and get my co-host's opinion on it because it's, it's really different, but I thought I'd put this to you. So rather be squidding, asked, uh, Skinwalker Ranch sits on the Phosphoria Formation, which is uranium-bearing phosphate rock. Phosphorus is the most rare essential element of life, and our unsustainable use of it may be quite interesting to an observing intelligence. Has Brandon ever considered a connection to this rock or the mining of it that goes on near the ranch? Uh, yes, we, we have actually been studying the geology of not only the property but the surrounding area. Again, I I believed when I acquired the property that there was a natural prosaic explanation associated with the phenomena that had been reported. You know, I believed that there was a likely tie and connection to seismic activity and the geology that would explain, uh, you know, a lot of the unique uh, events that had been reported for for so long. Uh, Interestingly, we have not been able to ascribe any natural cause to many of the events and uh, many of the uh, oh the incidents of high strangeness that have occurred. So we'll continue to study it, but even though we're aware of the geology, the geology does not seem to be playing a role yet with with respect to the phenomena. Or at least explaining, you know, providing explanation. Barry asks, are there any specific times of year that you have noticed more or less activity? Any patterns that match previous studies done by Valet or Keel? Uh, you know, we, 
we actually study the historical data, the historical narrative relative to the property. We've been collaborating with, you know, Mr. Bigelow's, you know, former team members and scientists in service to better understanding the framework associated with the ranch and the history and what has transpired in the past and whether there are, you know, correlations um, or new insights that can be gleaned uh, by virtue of our investigation, looking back on, on what they had what they had observed. But, uh, you know, a lot of what we are doing is really brand new. It's opening a new chapter and uh, conducting a, a completely uh, new and elevated level of investigation relative to the property. And to finish up, Brandon, uh, to show you the reach of the programme, my five-year-old son had a question, and this is from Charlie. He wants to know, is there a spaceship under the ranch? Well, Charlie, I'm going to find out. Um, That's a good question. There's definitely something going on both above and below the property. And, you know, that's one explanation for why we continue to see strange things happen on the property. But uh, stay tuned. That's something that we are definitely investigating and exploring and maybe a, you know, it may be an explanation. It may be an answer. Good question. He so. Yeah, he saw me watching one of the episodes last year where Travis Taylor was doing the ground-penetrating radar and drew the shape. And the first thing he said at four years old at the time was, that looks like a spaceship. So uh, I asked him today and he brought that back up. So, Yeah, we're, that's that's a good question. And it's something that we're um, studying and uh, that we'll be actually delving into in season two. Any final words for the listeners and viewers, Brandon? Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for following our journey. I mean, this is, this is a new experience for all of us. Uh, again, not, none of us, with the exception of Dr. Taylor, had ever been on television, had any experience with being filmed. Uh, and, you know, we, we really appreciate everyone following our journey and being interested in these same topics. We, we're excited to, to reveal what we have been discovering, what we have been observing, and we think that this is really important. It's exciting, and uh, and we we appreciate everyone's uh, interest and also patience because I you know it, we're 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 right there with you in 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 wanting to get answers and wanting to understand what is uh, what is at work, and so I just want to thank everyone for being so kind being interested and and really being positive in their voice um you know in in following our journey and we we look forward to to having you along for the ride and opening the gates both figuratively and literally uh, to to allow you you know an unprecedented view of our investigation uh get ready for for a lot more to come we're just getting warmed up And folks, you can watch The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch this Tuesday, the 4th of May, 10, 9pm Central. That's for our viewers in the US. And I'll send out correspondence nearer the time as it becomes available around the world. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Meditative game of state full on meta. I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs, and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz.
jumped back and nearly kissed myself. Then I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And they think I should take care of me. And I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me. Thank you.